hard. Noticing the problem yeah. here. But we are going. See that? Oh, you got a little tear. Let's we'll see. Right. It's right. There's glue underneath there. There's glue between the, that piece of leaf and the label. Trying to turn up. There we go. I tried to turn up the input gain a little because I don't talk loud enough. I think if we set it on something soft, then we won't uh, we won't get too crazy. I brought this out just in case you wanted a swig because I it's leftover camp stuff and mm -hmm. I might take a swig. What I, do you have in there? It's a it, it's a McClellan Isla okay. single malt scotch. It's a real bottom dollar single malt scotch but when you know what it is and you drink it you're like wow that's pretty good for a really cheap scotch well McKellen isn't that one of the that, there's a story behind that isn't there for you um not McKellen but McClellan McClellan, McClellan. this is McClellan right okay. McKellen there's a there's yeah, a story I thought it was kind of a game changer for you wasn't it well Something? it was the first first one I ever tried okay and so, in fact, I think I might have drank some with you up in Minneapolis a long, long time I'm ago. I'm sure that we did, actually. So, bang. There we go. I was fortunate <clears throat> that that was just the, just a chunk of leaf. It was, I think, huh? maybe even on there before they put the band on. Ah, okay. We'll see. Ah, we'll see, though. And, you know, I don't, I don't usually take them off beforehand, but that one was really loose. This one isn't loose. But, well, maybe it is. Oh, no, that's coming off fine. So. Is there a rule about that? Because I normally do take them off. Um, I, I like to take them off because it seems like almost like you'd only leave it on to be pretentious and say, I'm smoking this. <laughs> so that's why I like to take them off. But mm -hmm. when and they get warm, the glue melts and the label comes off a lot easier and it's less likely to tear. So that's if there's a rule, that's the rule. And after our five-minute alarm goes off, we might want to cover that again officially mm -hmm. on the podcast. Now... Don't we can't talk about the cigar? We can light it, but we can't talk about it until we till we get rolling. But uh, I already told you I had a pretty good day. Worked hard, sweat a lot, feel feel good even though I'm tired. How about you? Yeah, that's I've been sweating a lot this week. I'm, I'm almost to the point where it's like, okay, I'm tired of sweating now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm there. I'm, I was there yesterday. Well. Uh. Part of the reason I think that I'm feeling good today is because I didn't do much yesterday. Mm -hmm. Tracy and the girls left. Okay. And I did mostly paperwork, but I probably did, I don't know, three or four hours of paperwork, and the rest of the day I had a cigar, and and I did some planning, and watched some videos, so it was yeah, a pretty easy day. Relaxing day. Yeah. Which I needed, because I, you know been working on that property getting it to pass inspections. So. Yeah, you close? Um, technically we passed, but we we passed, we passed pending a plan from the exterminator to make sure that we get okay. rid of the bugs. And so I was pretty thankful. Um, you know, there's so... Oh, you have a light. Yeah, it's because we're, it's because the, because uh, the fan's blown. Got a light for my light? Yeah, a light for the light. Um, they're, they're, I think this inspector, if you're going to have an inspector and you're going to have the local government telling you what you can do with your property, which might actually be against the constitution, you know, they're not doing too bad. <laughs> At least he's am am amicable. I can tell they care about the tenant and the landlord, but like the tenant is sloppy and messy and, you know, they want them to clean up, but they can only do so much. And so... You know, they could they could put the pressure on me and I'd have to kick them out, but that's not what they did. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and use this torch just because I'm impatient today. Shouldn't be. I had a kind of a really long day yesterday. We were... Okay, so I've got this race car. You may not be interested in it, but... <clears throat> I'm interested in it, you, my friend, so tell me about the <laughs> race car. Couldn't get it to run. You know, we had it at the races the last time they had this particular event. Did you set an alarm, by the way? Are we... Okay, so we're... we're wrong. And uh, had some... Just this mystery problem. We could not figure it out. We oh, tried yeah, and tried and tried. We could not figure it out. Sensors, wiring, did all. I mean, I worked on it forever. And so finally, I knew I was getting close. There's only a couple of things that it could be. I mean, possibly even. So I'm going down the checklist. I had my cousin out uh, the other, let's see, it would have been Tuesday night to check a couple of the final things. And 
sure enough, we found it. The camshaft wasn't turning. There was a pin that was had sheared off in, in the cam pulley, and the camshaft wasn't turning. So there's our alarm. So I was excited because we figured it out, and I got the car running, and now we're ready to go. <laughs> I'm super happy. That's pretty cool. But it made for a long day yesterday because I started early and got that done. All right. Well, welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. And I'm Joe. And Surrounded by a beautiful halo of smoke. That's right. Um, and if you if you do hear a hum in the background, it's because we are the least listened to, lowest produced podcast in America. Or Pretty low like, on the totem pole, yeah. you might say. We have a window fan in the background blowing some air through our garage because it's pretty hot today. It's cool enough that we didn't skip it, <laughs> but it's hot enough that we For sure. have a fan going. We have a fan. We do. Which is the goal of, <laughs> of every podcaster. No. So, um, there's a story behind this cigar, and I'll just take the lead with it. Um, I heard this cigar was good, and tried it, and wasn't wowed by it. And might have even tried it twice. I tried it at least one other time with you. And I'm like, okay, it's got one more chance. Um... So this is the last chance, and I, I like the way it's starting, but I better tell everybody who it is. It's the um, Rocky Patel uh, Vintage 2008 Cameroon. 2003 or 2000, 2008? Oh, I'm 2003. lying. 2003. Sorry, I need my reading glasses. 2003 Vintage Cameroon. And boy, just the first puff, because we, we light and shoot the breeze a few minutes before we officially start the podcast. I like what I tasted. Not super awesome, but good. Yeah, so far so good. Okay, yeah, we're just barely into it, but that's what we're smoking today. And uh, what is this size? It's uh, probably a Toro. Yeah, would be my guess. Um, we smoke a lot of this size, whatever it is. We do. It's the because it's cheap. They're cheap a lot. I'd rather smoke a Corona. Probably first choice. Maybe a Churchill would be my second choice. I, maybe I maybe a Lancero would be my first choice because I like the skinny and long because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you get a little more wrapper to filler ratio. Yeah. And the wrappers. So are tell us, Doug, about Cameroon and why you would name a cigar Cameroon. Well, the Cameroon, and I, you know, I keep telling myself I'm going to print off a little paragraph and bring it. So that and read it, but people can look it up. Yourself isn't listening. Yeah, my, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but but because it will it will inform us as well as yeah. it informs the audience. But um, here's what I know without reading. It's it's called the Cameroon because it's a Cameroon wrapper. Okay, it's just usually it's called that you know by what the wrapper is. Um, my understanding is Cameroon was originated in Africa. But what you got to be careful of with in cigars, you're saying, oh, Cameroon's an African wrapper. Well, maybe. You know, it was grown in Africa maybe originally, but now it's they take yeah. the African seed and they plant it in Honduras or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, one of the reasons I wanted to try this is because I think um, I've read that it, it tends to have a, a sweetness to it. I'm getting that, by the yeah. way. In I'm fact, sure. I I licked my lips because I my mouth was saying sweet, and I said, oh, this, is, this isn't a sweet tip, and I licked my lips just to dub, double verify. <laughs> it was very sweet. It fooled me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting that right at the beginning. And so, Rocky Patel makes so many cigars, It's you're likely to find one that you like. But there's, yeah, I've smoked quite a few that I didn't like and, and a few that I do like. So I'm, but because this, it, it was probably over a year ago, this got some review that's like, oh, it's really good. And it's like, okay, I'm going to try it. And the first couple failed, but we're going to give this one a shot. And so far, we're starting. Well, this is a special cigar as well not just because of oh, what it is you're right but did, uh, well you tell the story you were there <laughs> yeah it's um, so what's the date today today's the June 5th June 5th July 5th July 5th, July 5th. July 5th. and these cigars my, my wife came to me and said Isla my, my five year old daughter Isla wants to get you um, something for Father's Day, and she thought a cigar would be a good thing, and she said she should get one for Joe, too. <laughs> and so... That's good. And good so, girl. So um, my wife's like, and, you know, we're a little bit tight, and, you know, it's, she would. my wife doesn't know what to buy, and so I said, hey, just wrap these two up and give them back to us. And, so I gave them, and the girls wrapped them up, and I That's opened funny. them on Father's Day, and so they were all excited to... 
to tell Joe that they were Father's Day cigars. Yeah. Um, Isla was still very excited today. I think she's told me a couple times already, but... She doesn't have a concept of value yet, but she likes giving. Like, so she doesn't understand that in giving you actually lose some value yourself if you give someone mm-hmm. something. Um, because you've invested either the purchase price or the value of the item that you already have or whatever. But um, I'm glad that she's excited to give people things. and It's great having kids. Mm, yeah, it is. Learning about that stuff. It is. Oh, wee-haw. Well, we just had a nice holiday yesterday. Did you do anything special for the 4th? Um... It was it was special not because it was the fourth. It was special just because I needed some time to get some computer book work done, do our finances and look at them and figure out we're a little behind. Wanted to figure out how to get back up to to level. Figured it out. The girls went down to Grandma and Grandpa's and went and watched some fireworks, and so they had a good time. And uh, cool. so, so you had a little bit of an independent Independence Day. I did, yeah. and uh, so. Um, I, I guess it was it was good as Independence Day because I did listen to a podcast and it made me it just made me appreciate our, our country more it made me and not just that it made me appreciate like my life and my wife and what we do and, mm-hmm. and so that was good you know to you know because sometimes I listen to podcasts it's just information but this was more inspiration that's it's, good and so I need that once in a while yeah everybody does so for sure. <clears throat> in fact, I think I find, well, just the reality of life as a person who has to inspire others often, I find myself sometimes neglecting my own inspiration, if that, if that even makes sense of that. Uh, it's almost like eating. You get busy working, you forget to eat. Oh, wait a second, I need to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's good to listen to things like that from time to time. It's good. What was the podcast you want to mention it? Um, yeah, it's, it's fine, and it's I wear my influences on my sleeve. I listen to Ben Shapiro a lot, but this was the Daily Wire backstage. There uh, on some holidays, they um, some of the Daily Wire podcast guys all get together, smoke a cigar. So it makes me want to listen to them because they're smoking <laughs> cigars, and uh, and then they talk about stuff. This they talk about Independence Day in America and all kinds of other stuff. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we we were. We uh, just had a few, just a few close friends out last night, and we were shooting stuff. We blew up a refrigerator with some tannerite and things like that you can only do in America, you know. Yeah, yeah only in America. Have known. I might have come by and not done my. There's, but the thing is, like you know, it was late. It was getting very late. It was dark, and I climbed to the top of the grain bin last night. I just sat there for a minute, and all 360 degrees around me, there were fireworks going off oh. in different municipalities, and I couldn't see them all. I can see the glow on the horizon and hear just the boom, 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 boom. And I thought, man, we ought to be thankful that we can live in a place. Not just that we can blow stuff up, but I'm just, you know, the freedoms that we have that we so often take for granted or want to complain about somebody or something, it's uh, it's good to sit and take stock sometimes of, of how good we have it. Never forget that. Yeah. You know, I, I spent a lot of years every year or every other year traveling over to some foreign country to do mission work. And I think that's really shaped a lot about why I appreciate the country. I mean, there, there's... And, and someone told me this before my first trip. They said, when you come back, it's amazing coming through customs. It's like, welcome home. You know, you're an American. It's like everybody yeah. else is in line. It's long, yeah. it's super long line. Pain in the butt to get back in. They're just like, come mm-hmm. on in. Yeah. And uh, That is a special feeling. It is. It is. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. You're an American citizen. Come on. <clears throat> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forget it. You just... Some of the things that... I guess it's it's interesting because so many of the things that we take for granted are really huge things. And you realize at that moment, you know... I mean, because when you go someplace else and you're, and you're getting in, entry into another country, you feel like a guest. And... Generally, I've been treated pretty well in the places that I've gone. But you don't realize um, maybe how... In my travels, I've seen some crazy places and crazy things, but you don't realize maybe how exposed you were until you come in back into the fold of, of being back in the States. And you realize, oh man, I was, I was a foreigner. 
You know, I mean, I mean it's kind of funny how, how that precipitates, but you, I think it's only then that I, myself, really realized, oh, wow, <clears throat> citizenship, wow, that's important. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Maybe, maybe people who haven't traveled haven't ever felt that or, or don't understand citizenship because they've never had to, you know, put it on the shelf and go somewhere else. I don't know. But and it, that might be a good place to, to to come back to and talk about a little bit with with all that's in the news. I, I do want to mention though, one of the things that's happened to me on, you know, you, you tend to forget things when they're so far in the past. It's been a while since I've traveled, but I would say on at least four or five occasions of the ten or twelve times I've been out of the country, you you're leaving the country heading home, and you get to the airport and they're like, oh, you have to pay a. Uh, $25 Exit tax. tax just to leave the country. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. That's really dumb. <laughs> it's like, you're just you're just screwing everybody that comes to see you mm-hmm. by paying an exit tax. You know, It's like, that's the stupidest thing in the world. And then, you know, you get all pissy about it. And, and they, you know, on one occasion they were trying to tell me my luggage was too heavy. And I'm like, so I could take stuff out of my luggage and stick it in my pockets... My carry-on was too heavy. I could take the stuff out of my carry-on, stick it in my pocket, and make the carry-on lighter. They're like, yeah. But I'm still carrying it on. The guy just wanted a bribe. Yeah. And so eventually he didn't get a bribe, and I got through. And so, like, you're all angry, and then you come back, and you get to America ten hours later. And you're just, I'm home! And they're like, yeah, come on in! (laughs) Did you have a good trip? You know? (laughs) Just like, they're so happy that, you know, to welcome you home. That's just a cool feeling. Do you suppose that if you didn't pay the exit tax that... They would deport you. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're illegal. Deported. Okay. <laughs> funny. No, they, they put you in prison. They might put you in jail, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Separate me from the parents. <laughs> so. Yeah. So much rhetoric, huh? Yeah. We've heard, I don't know when the last time we talked on tape was, but it seems as though the, the rhetoric just continues. I think that the feeling I'm getting from at least the people that I talk to is people are getting kind of tired of it. Well, yeah, because I think, what is it, 70% of the American people think there should be a legitimate immigration system that says, that protects the boards and says people can't come in. I mean, like, that, it's like a... It's ridiculous to even that's, try to play. That's be a nation one hundred and one. Yeah. Is have a border and enforce the border. I mean, yeah. I mean, if seventy percent of the people didn't think that, it still ought to be. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's still a should. And everybody knows it. it's one of those things that people jump on a bandwagon and begin to repeat things that they've heard without really thinking about what they're saying. And and you know, I, I saw a meme the couple, last couple of days that that's getting it's getting pushed around by a bunch of more right-leaning people, but they're having this national, they're, they're sort of like masquerading as the left, saying that they're organizing a national protest to support your, to, to I'm sorry, to push the idea of open borders, so it, the, the, the movement is leave your door open to symbolize oh, your, that's, yeah. your open border policy, come on in, more or less, <laughs> it's really funny, Yeah, it's satire. Well, and, and I suppose, I, you've said it to me, it might have even been on, on one of the podcasts, you know, do you leave your door unlocked? And it's like, well, sometimes I do, but, but that's a, it's a good analogy. It's a, it's a perfect analogy. And when, you know, there's a guy that moved in next door that's a little sketchy, you know, so it's like, I lock my garage more than I used to. Well, okay, so if you got sketchy people, you know, next door, you're... <laughs> You know, and he might be a perfectly nice guy. I don't know one way. Yes, I'm looking at him. I am judging him based on how he looks and how he acts. And I, you know, um, it's, you know, you just, you do that. You know, you protect your stuff. You know, you know, your stuff will be gone in some places. You know, I guess in America particularly, that's one of the things I think in the Midwest one of the things, rural America, I guess, I guess we're rural, we're kind of small, yeah. small town America, whatever you call us, you know, you do kind of leave your doors open. Your kids do go out and play in the yard, and, you know. 
the stranger comes in the backyard, one of the neighbors is going to be out there wondering why there's some stranger out in the backyard with my kids, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that's that's a that's a good. I'm glad that I live where I do. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing that, you know, I mean, everybody's talking about it, but that's the difference, isn't it, between what has been established here in this country. That's why everybody wants to come here, is because we've established a a moral, you might call it, or a standard of living that's, this is acceptable behavior and this is unacceptable behavior. And so, sort of like, in the rural areas, we're, we're still... We can still hold on to that a little bit more. We can leave our doors unlocked more than you could in a city, a place where there's a higher concentration of people. But um, it's, it's, it's surprising to me that some people want us to be more like these socialist-slash-communist countries that just have are failed states. That's why their citizens want to come here and be citizens here. And yet they want to do the same things here that have made those places from once prosperous wonderful places to be, to visit, to live, uh, they've, they've destroyed those places. Well, and even, I mean, I like, I like turning the tables a little bit, so even some of the countries that are pointed at, where they say, oh, but this is a nice socialist country, um, some of the really homogenous, you know, Norwegian, I think, countries or whatever that they point to, you know, and you can argue, yeah, they're somewhat socialist, but they're also a market-based economy, but the, the, the point of me mentioning any of this, that when you point to those countries, and even if you let someone have their, their idea, okay, fine. If you want to say that's socialism the way it ought to be done, and say that country is a great country, when they come here, they actually thrive and produce better than they do in their own country. And, and when I heard that stat the other day, I'm like, oh, who would have thought to study that? Like, who's, who thought to measure that? You know, it's like, okay, so you have a kind of a socialist, kind of a market-driven country with large redistribution, you know, super high taxes. People like it, they're okay with, with that, but yet they come to America and they do even better over here. Well, of course they do. It's kind of telling, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's just something about when the government doesn't take a bunch of your money to give it to the poor and says, keep your money. If you want to give it to the poor, give it to the poor. If you want, you want to be a jerk, okay, be a jerk, you know. <laughs> Gee. Anyway. Sooner or later, sooner or later in socialism, you do run out of other people's money. You do. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. That thermometer outside, outside says 95 degrees. It is in the sun. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it's probably, in the sun, it's probably pretty close. There's a little bit of a breeze going through here. It's been a warm day. So, um, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. What's the last thing you said? Before you shoot yourself in the foot? No, before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, money. You're spending other other people's money. Um, My my wife had a friend. Um, I would just, I'm assuming some, all I know is that it's a friend of my wife. Everything else I'm assuming. I'm assuming they are kind of probably Democrats, maybe somewhat of a leftist, I'm not sure. Not not particularly radical. They seem to be good good kind, you know, mm-hmm. people. <clears throat> they were upset that they got a whole bunch more money back on their tax return. And um, they're like, Oh my gosh, why are we getting all this money back? The government should be using it. You know, they shouldn't be giving it back to me. And which is to me is insane. But it's a little insane. And so they want to my, give it. They can. My wife said that they took the money, everything that came back on their tax return, and gave it to the local school. And I'm like, you just—that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> like, what? And my, my wife was saying, it's like, yes, yes, that's how it's supposed to work. You keep your money and give it to what you want to give it to. <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. I know. I just I couldn't believe it that she was ticked off that the government didn't keep. Money. But, but on one hand, though, I guess I guess she's she's bought. She believes what she believes. She's bought into it. She's willing to live it. She's That's willing to say, "Keep my money, government." And you know, and I guess on one hand, you could say she has a different view than we do. But I would take it a step further, and I would say it's morally wrong to take people's money. 
and do things with it. People should keep their money and have the option to do things with it. I believe they should take care of the poor, but I don't believe the government should commandeer their money to do so. Commandeer. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think there's there's an element there that people don't often talk about, but when you rob the person the ability <coughs> to do what's morally right, and instead you point a gun at them and say, you give us the money, we'll do what's right, you rob that person of virtue that may have been... Um, you know, received or earned, or whatever, however you, whatever you don't know what I'm saying, but you rob that person of the virtue of giving, of charity, and I, and I think that that's that's also a moral, a moral uh, evil. I never thought of it that way. I always think of it the other way that when you give the money, because you're close, we talk about proximity. Because you're close to the person or the organization you're giving to, there's some accountability. So I'm only thinking, that, oh, it's way better that way. I never think of the fact that it's better for the giver, yeah. too. I never, I hadn't, hadn't thought of that. So that's, that's pretty. It, it is, you know, pretty smart. Well, it is a blessing to give. <clears throat> I want to, I want to give a cigar update. Yeah. We're not, we're not too far down yet. It's, a, it's kind of a slow. I've burn. backed way off. I, I, I was working mine too hard. Oh, okay. All right. So it's good. Give me, give me, yeah, give me yours first. Well, and then I'll the sweet, the sweet is sticking around and. And it's really, really good. But uh, it's good. It's mild. It's not drying my mouth out. Not too much spice. Just a real nice, clean, sweet cigar. So so far, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I uh, I am too, and I'm kind of puzzled why I didn't the first time or two that I that I had it. But there's just a very, very teeny bit of spice. Not much at all. But it is smooth, and that's what I like. And I wouldn't call it oily, right. but it's, like, I don't like dry cigar, cigars that dry my mouth, but it's just a hint oily. Like, it's on the oily side, but it's not really oily and yeah. slick like I like, yeah. like I prefer. But that makes it nice. That kind of helps with the smoothness. The sweetness is just hanging around. And it's not wowing me, but it's like we're talking, and it's just a really nice cigar. And it's nice enough... I, I don't know if I'd buy it again, but it's it's really close, really close. <clears throat> and I do, and this is this is um, I hope my palate is learning. I remember smoking with my friend Clark. We each had a different Cameroon, and the one I was smoking wasn't near as good as his. And we actually handed off a couple hmm. times, and I'm like, oh wow, yours is. And I was getting the sweet Cameroon off his, but mine was just maybe a lesser-made cigar or something. Mm. Mine wasn't as good, but the, the taste, I'm kind of recognizing it, I think, now from the from that same Cameroon cigar I smoked him. I don't remember what it was, but... Yeah, I'm really liking this one, actually. And, um, yeah. Not wowing me, but it's good. I like that sweet. That's our... That's our update. I'm only... Shoot, I'm not even an inch down, and you were... You're you're going good and strong, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, we talked about rhetoric with regard to <clears throat> the border immigration. Now that's just kind of going going nuts. Um, <laughs> gosh, the, do you want to? Are we open to a new a new sort of subject here? Sure, sure. So let's talk about the Supreme Court for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard, I know since the last podcast we did, that Justice Kennedy <laughs> is going to be retiring, is resigning, as of the end of this month. And I think that the timing of that is very interesting. And I know that he and President Trump <laughs> have a pretty good relationship, I think, but I, I, it makes you wonder now, Kennedy, if, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you know more about this than I do, but... I believe that Kennedy has been on the sort of liberal side of of the court. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I want to pause you for just a sure. second because I forgot to say something. Yeah. And this is important. I always like to talk about the retrohale. The retrohale isn't stinging my nose, which is interesting about the cigar. And the retrohale helps the flavor of the cigar, too, and I forgot to say that. Okay. So Kennedy and Trump are... Well, I don't know if they're buddy-buddy, okay. but I think that they have a, a good relationship. Okay. And so, the, so Kennedy now is getting all kinds of heat from people who once loved him because he's resigning during, uh, during the Trump administration, which means that 
in all likelihood, Trump is going to, this will be his second, uh, second uh, appoint, appointment to the Supreme Court, and there, there's a, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she, I feel like she's going to fall over any second, which will probably be a third. There may even be more during, during Trump's first term. I know, it's so crazy. We're really looking at, for, I don't know, for the conservative side of things, we're really looking at a possibly a huge swing on this on the Supreme Court's thing. Does he have? Is there a probable pick yet, or is there still? There's like a, a few. List of five? There's a few. He said okay. he was going to jump right on it right away, and okay. um, and it, and it, I think that there there's a, a few names that are kind of really being pushed forward. Ted Cruz said he will not take it if it's offered to him, okay. which which. <laughs> Was it? I think it's kind that? of disappointing to some people, but oh. was that an option? Yeah. He's, oh, I didn't know. He's that. a. I I honestly, from my personal perspective, of course, Ted Cruz and I would very much disagree on a few issues. Most, one of one of which would be the renewable fuel standard. Um, I don't know. That's I'm. But as a as a justice, he seems like as he a would justice, be a, he'd be awesome. Yeah, he'd be an originalist. He'd be he'd be. We'd want to know what. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he would constructionist. Be, yeah, he'd be a perfect justice. Because I disagree with him on some things too, but I think he'd be a great justice. Yeah. It's interesting though. It's interesting though that he's, you know, in ministry you call it calling. I don't know what you call it in politics. Maybe it's still calling. But he yeah. he knows what he's supposed to. He be says. Doing. I heard an interview with him the other day. He said that the Senate <clears throat> is where the fight is, and that's where he wants to be. Oh, I can respect that. Good. So another name that's being tossed around is Mike Lee, which I really don't know a whole lot about him, um, but all the people that I've heard talk about him uh, like what he does, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and think that he's. Uh, I can't. There's there's a few of them that I'm, I'm probably getting mixed up in my mind, but I guess one of the things now that it's kind of come into the debate is people's social media activity. And so now, you know, the left is kind of doing everything that they can to stop this appointment altogether. They're saying, we shouldn't do it during an election year, you know, that whole trick. Um, they're saying that, oh, this, this guy or this guy ha- has made, you know, remarks on social media about personal opinions, and we can't have anybody that expresses personal opinions be on the court, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But it's just, like, the rhetoric. That's why I keep coming back to, like, the talking is getting so volatile. It's really, it's yeah. I mean, it's scary level to me, because people are starting to have fights in the streets this week, as we just saw with some of the Antifa clashes again this week. <coughs> Actually, I didn't hear about that. Oh what gosh. About? Well, I've only seen a few instances, okay. but what I have seen has happened this way. Apparently, there are some very, very highly connected deep pockets that are actively paying people and busing people in to do these protests. And so they dress up, they do the whole Antifa thing to protest things like prayer rallies or whatever. And so they go in and they march in. And then, and then there's another group called, that I, I think, and I might be misinformed or disinformed, but I've, I've, they're using the hashtag or the Twitter handle, Proud Boys. Uh-huh. <clears throat> they'll, they'll come in on the other side marching with flags. And a lot of these are <laughs> veterans coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq. And as soon as the Antifa guys start to throw rocks at them or attack them, they wait till they're attacked, and then these Proud Boys just hand Antifa's butts to them, often with, I mean, I've seen a bunch of one-punch knockouts, they just go up and just, bam, on the ground, <laughs> which, I don't know, part of me rejoices when I see that, because I think, these, these kids are eight, loudmouth atheists that claim free speech and all this stuff, but they really aren't, they're censoring, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to bully people, is all they are, and so... But what I'm trying to say is, the rhetoric keeps increasing, and now we're seeing actual fistfights in the street. I don't know what that's going to amount to, but I do know that there are some very desperate people on the left that are saying, seek out Trump supporters wherever you find them, and yell at them, attack them, make them feel not welcome. Like, that's, uh, yeah, that's not good. Who was the, the one that I heard first was the... Uh, She's not publicist. Isn't the right word. Who's the Sarah Sanders? Sarah yeah, Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, her. Now she's still working in the White House, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And uh, in fact, I thought she was kind of a wussy, like in the very beginning. She's got kind of pissy lately, and I'm like, yeah. I think she's great. It's like tighten your underwear, girl. You know, <laughs> like come on. I think she's great. She yeah. knows when to be snarky and when to just stick with the facts and, and not not play into the hands of these 
and maybe that's it because I tend to I probably would tend to get, take the bait yeah I'd, I'd take the bait I'd be I'd be just yelling all too much um, because I, I I know that that's one of my weaknesses but maybe maybe the couple times when she has been snarky I've just been like yeah good job and a couple times she was probably making the right choice to not be and I guess that's part of, part of being a politician but the fact that someone attacks you you know at a restaurant or whatever and you know and I guess. I don't want any other extra laws, but if there are laws on the books, we should enforce them. And, yeah. you know, if somebody's attacking you in a certain way, spits on you or whatever, and, you know, whatever happens in public, it, yeah, um, enforce the law. It's because if, if they want to do it, fine, they can do it. It's for country. Let them do it. And then that's why we have the laws, to incentivize people not being treated, you know, right. poorly. Um, well, the thing yeah. is that Sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, yeah, I was. And this is I think this is a good place to go because I, I like politics is one thing, but when I can go to my own heart, it's like, in the idea you said, on one hand, it's just great when they get, bam, and Tifa gets slugged. We like to see Because it. I like I seeing bullies justice. get slugged. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to see our our country devolving into into this tribal tribalism that it is. Um, and, but maybe... Maybe getting socked in the face is the only thing that's going to stop it. Because Some I know people. I know there are times when the only thing that will stop something is to respond forcefully. With greater force than they're going to use. <clears throat> right. Yes, we have to qualify it that way. But, but you mentioned something very brilliant, and I think that that's why my nose or my eyes are fixed on this whole thing, is because this idea of tribalism is a dangerous thing. When, when we can no longer do business with each other because we have different political beliefs... That becomes a scary place to be, a scary place to live. You know, if somebody comes and wants to give you money for a product or service that you sell, and you say, no, we don't serve your kind here, that's that's sketchy territory. First of all, I wouldn't do it because it's stupid. I'll take your money, and then I'll well, spend right. it on the things I want to spend. See, know. that's what a thinking person does. But when it, when it does get tribal, and that's exactly exactly the right word, then then we begin to respond emotionally instead of thinking and it becomes dangerous because you know what's going to happen immediately and I'm sure that this did happen I just didn't hear about it but I'm positive it did happen you have people now that are okay okay if I'm a Trump supporter and I want to go eat hamburgers now I'm looking for hamburger joints to support what I believe and then and and this you haven't no one's forced to go somewhere else but now everyone's deciding to go somewhere else and you have the a deepening of the tribalism and so it it has huge ripples beyond just one incident, one person at one place. It's crazy, and I, I heard the place shut down. Okay. Uh, at least for a while. Oh, I didn't. Because know that. they were getting so much. Oh. Pressure backlash. from the public. Wow. Backlash. Whatever. Well, well, I know Starbucks. It seems like Starbucks stock dropped when Starbucks did that stupid stuff. But I that's think not they even. Lost their mind. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll, we'll see. And you know what? It's like fine if if you want to do that. If you want to be political about it. If you want to bend to. To a certain particular group and do their, you know, their business. They're doing what they think is best. Yep. Go for it. Do it. Yeah. I think it's stupid. I think you're gonna because it's never enough. Yeah. And That's they're the they're issue. gonna find it out. And I wonder. Yeah. And I wonder if it would even be better if you know who knows if in a year or so they just finally say no, forget it. Somebody you know they hire a new CEO and he says no, don't come into our place unless you're gonna buy our coffee. And if you buy our coffee. You're a citizen. You're a Starbucks citizen. Starbucks citizen. Come on across the border. <laughs> you know. Tell you what. <laughs> oh, but this, but this thing. I did want to touch on a little more my heart, and 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 at least talk about. And I'm kind of asking you to help me talk about it because I don't have words for it yet. What what is right and what is wrong about what's in my heart when I'm like, yeah, those whatever they're called, the something or other brothers. Pound the Antifa guys. Proud Boys. What, proud Boys. When they pound Antifa, what is good about what's happening in my heart and what is bad? Well, okay. I think about this a lot. I think we have a problem. We have, we have a, a problem. I'm going to even call it... I'm going to call it a small problem. Okay. Even though it might not be a small problem, I'm going to call it a small problem. In the church. And that is that we want to latch on to all of the fuzzy, warm, fuzzy attributes of God. But we get scared <laughs> of the ones that are scary. And they should be scary because God's justice, for example is a scary thing. God's justice says anything that falls short of his glory, you know, us all, we're all sinners, demands judgment. And so when we see evil 
and we see evil judged, our hearts do rejoice because that's part of God's character too. He, he longs to, I mean, God longs to make right everything that is wrong. So when we see that happening, um, we rejoice, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter how you align with like Antifa or whatever. When you see a movie, you see a movie and the villain finally gets what's coming to him. We rejoice. We rejoice when we see an underdog, someone who's been teased and taunted and bullied and hit to the curb, whatever, rise up one more time and take down, take down the bully. We love that, you know? And that's part of God's heart too. It's just finding it's a, a balance. justice. The justice yeah, part is it's right. Justice. Yeah. And and it cannot be separated from love. That's the thing that I think a lot of people struggle with too, is they say, Well, this is love and this is justice and they're not the same. But they are. They're they're part of the same God. And yeah. and that's the beauty and the adequacy and the completeness of, of who God is. When we take it into our own hands, a lot of times we have a tendency to mess it up. As we do love and as we do grace, you know, we, we try to Im- we try to imitate God and we, we can't do it. We fall short. Yeah, the 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 bad part, so let me see if I can say what's bad, because you you talked about what's good and I'm I'm glad you helped me you helped me kinda understand my own heart there. I think what's bad is that the Antifa Antifa or an Antifa person becomes a caricature. They become an example of something that I believe is bad. And so I'm not looking at the person as a human being, mm-hmm. partly because they have a mask on and you can't, they kind of do a little bit of that themselves. But yeah. when we're caricaturing, it's a lot easier to say, that's evil, that's bad, attack it. When it's a human being, when it's someone face-to-face, it's, it's easier to say, wait a minute, this is a person. And that's the part that, so the caricaturing is the bad thing. Yeah. Realizing that it is a human being um, is important and you still might have to pop them in the face. But I think when you understand this is a person and we're all going to be better off if, if we pop them in the face, it's, you know, I, I mean, and I think that's, I think if you have to go to war and, and kill somebody, I think if somebody breaks into your house, you have to kill somebody. Understanding that, um, and we've talked about this in martial arts class when I've studied martial arts for years, there is a place where you have neutralized the conflict where you know your skill is at a place where you're safe, your family's safe, and it's it's a and people that aren't trained don't get this, but when you're trained to a certain level, it's like there's no longer a threat. This is actually better than if I wasn't trained and I actually had to pummel the guy with a hammer. You know, mm-hmm. I'm no longer threatened now. He's you know, he's not dead. I'm safe and I'm going to wait till the cops right. get here. Right. Um so that's a that's a good place to be in, and even if even if I had to clobber him with the two before and you know hold him on the floor for a little while, yeah. so well, it gets so fuzzy because as we encounter people, we all every every person aligns themselves with other people to some degree, and whether you call that caricaturization or whatever, you you you. We all do it, and there are times when we can't, we can't take the time or the energy to sort out every individual and see, are you a good person that's just believing lies, or are you really the embodiment of this evil that's happening here, or, or what? We have to assume, you're here, you're on this side, so I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna have to count you as an enemy right now. And, and that's, man, that's a mystery, isn't it? But... but there's time. There's just time that we have to do that. There, there is, and uh, and that that's interesting though because I'm not sure I've, I've thought about that because I am so much about because I'm I'm even though I I revel in the thought that some of the bullies got punched, I am I I, lo- I like civility. I want to sit down and say, oh, you like a cigar? Great, I like a cigar. And then they're like, well, I'm a Democrat. It's like, well, I'm a Republican. Well, here, let me light your cigar and let's argue a little bit. I'll even arm wrestle if you want, you know. Um, let's, let's get mad at each other. Let's get mad at each other, you know. And that kind of stuff, I think, is, is how our country should be. Yeah. Um, and I think, in the end, you can, you can get to a place where you understand. If nothing else, you understand each other better, even if you're still drawing a line on the sand and you're on, you're on opposite sides. Um, you're right. That is the way that it ought to be. 
and that we all hope it will be and could be and should be. But we also recognize, we, ha- we have to recognize that there's a point where, there is. and you said it earlier, where the only answer, and we, and this is a, it's a progression. It's not like just like we're there all right now at the beginning, but there is a point that you can get to where the only, the only adequate and reasonable response is with force and a higher degree of force than your counterpart is bringing. And that's, it's a mystery to me, but it, it's, we see it all throughout history. The, the one thing I see rising a little bit, so I'm going to get a little philosophical here. Yeah, before you do, okay. I want to make sh- make it perfectly clear that I'm not advocating for violence right yeah. now. Yeah. I guess I could be yeah. construed. I'm not. Yeah. But there is a point, if we don't be careful and we don't heed the civility comment that you were saying, that we'll get there if we don't start being civil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, and, and so here, this is this is interesting, and I haven't thought about this yet, because in, in some ways... You know, I'm I'm getting old. I I still feel like I can defend myself pretty well with no weapon. But you know, I just I don't want to anymore. Yeah, you know, I I defend my family, but boy, if if I can avoid a conflict, I don't care if I'm right. I don't care. I, I just want to go home and drink some scotch and not not mm-hmm. fight anybody. Um. But when I think about things going really tribal, the first thing I think of is that we don't have any base standards that we all agree on anymore in the United States and and that's where I start feeling fearful but then I, maybe I've seen some hope in different media things because something is rising to the top and my label might be wrong but I'll label it because it'll get us close so this for right now we'll call it libertarian conservative model is rising on both sides the classical liberals and the, the you know, whatever brand, libertarian conservatives, that's kind of, that's kind of similar and that's starting to rise and that might be the thing that, that starts to draw us back to say, wait, these are the things that we all agree on because we're American. <clears throat> um, so, so, I go to fear and then I say, wait, maybe these things are rising. And so I'm, I'm in this place where I'm a little more hopeful, at least on the political landscape. I'm always hopeful in, in Christ and, mm. and where we're headed regardless of the government. But I, uh, but I wonder if that's going to, you know, if that's going to be where we're headed, if that's going to help on the political landscape anyway. No, I think you're right. I think we've been headed this direction for eight or 12 years. I think that, that people really are waking up to the ideas of liberty. And I think that that uh, especially in the youth, I think that that's moving along. And I think you're right. I think it's going to drive some good discussion. And I think that honestly, <clears throat> as much as we um, are paying attention to some of these loud voices on the left, I think that they're very weak. And I think that they're, they're yelling now because they have to yell because they're losing. And I think that um, that's, what I th- that's what I think. That's what I believe. And I, and I really do think we are headed in a good direction. But I'm pretty, but I'm also wary because I'm scared of what a what a cornered animal can do sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I mean we have to learn from history, and a lot of times when when groups like this, um, especially statist sort of communist leaning groups get cornered, they try to try to pull stuff, and it's we we should be wise to that, and we should be paying attention. Um. A real wise manager once was telling me a story about when he was, uh, counseling's not the right word, having a conversation with one of his employees, and the employee wasn't, wasn't, I think it was not showing up for work, there was something the employee wasn't doing, and he, he basically was telling me the story, and he was saying how he was telling the employee, look, I, I care about you as, as a person, um, I hope your life's going well. If there's anything I can do to help, I need to know this. But if you push me into a corner as a manager, I will be a manager, and you will not have your job if you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. I want to help you do your job. I want to help you even a little bit as a person because I care about you, and I, I know you outside of the context of, of work. But if you push me into this corner, you won't have a job. And it, it, he said he very he hardly ever gets to that point where he has to say that but before he lays the hammer down he says don't push me into this corner I want to do everything if you need training I will help you if we need to find out why there's a problem here I'll help you know I'll do everything I can I want you to be successful in your position 
and uh, he says he says that part a lot before he says don't push don't push me into a corner because I will do my job. And that's an interesting way to look at the cornered animal, you know. Um, you know, don't because, you know, as as we're we're on sides and we're looking at sides here. On some level, the current administration, being somewhat conservative, <laughs> might have to say, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you can't do this." Yeah. In fact, even if you're in power, you can't do it. You know. Yeah. Um, because there were a lot of things that were done when Obama was in power that were just out, outright wrong. They were just wrong, yeah. And weren't, weren't taking nobody, nobody called them out. Yeah. So on some level, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed at what I might call my side for not calling them out. But I, I wasn't smart enough to know. I mean, that was before I got into understanding politics and everything. And, but, yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can I do a cigar? Thank yeah. You. Okay, how's your ears? You're, you're a little ahead of me. You're still... I, we must. You must really. You must like it a lot. I, yeah, I love it. And I'm. Did we set an hour timer, by the way? I didn't set an hour. Okay. Time, okay. I'm gonna sure. check the time before I give the cigar update. So uh, let me make some noise on my recording as I touch it here. Where Where are we? If I push If I push that button. Well, because this is sm- the cigar is going slow. That's why I wanted to check the time because it's like, it feels like we've been going a while. Oh, I think it might be. I think we're at fifty-one. Okay, if I'm reading it right, that seems about right. But fifty-one minutes, and you've been going slow. Yeah, I've been going slow on my cigar, and you're probably halfway down. That's pretty long, at least half. So, I don't think it's changed at all. I think it's consistent. Mm -hmm. So I don't. So the update's a little boring, but the cigar didn't go out. I stopped because I mean I, I slowed way down. Okay. Because I was too going too fast. No, I was just going too fast. I wanted to. Was it your cigar's fault or your fault? No, it was my fault. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I backed off and then I just I, st- I backed off too much. And I, well, I think I've been talking more, so that might be why I'm a little bit behind. It's okay. But mine's smoking great at the rate that I'm smoking it mm-hmm. too. I did draw a little hard a couple times and I got more flavor, so I might be smoking a hair slow. You might be getting a little more flavor because you're. I'm pulling pretty hard on it. Yeah. But yeah, super consistent. I, I got no changes to report. Well, and that's one of the fun things I like doing, because there's a pace that I smoke most cigars, but sometimes it's good to speed up a little or slow down just to see how the flavors change, because that speeds up the temperature, changes the temperature of the cigar, and sometimes you'll get more if you warm it up a little. I think the general rule is uh, new cigar smokers tend to smoke too fast. They're just sucking really fast. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, but good, good, consistent. what you're doing, too. I'd, I'd like to label. I, I really can't label the sweetness. I would. I would say if I if I was pressed, I would say this is a really good base cigar flavor. What I would call kind of normal cigar flavor with a little bit of sweetness, probably from the Cameroon wrapper. But I can't. And just a, just a hint oily, and just a hint of spice. But I can't. I can't label the flavors. I might say cocoa. There's a. There's a. Maybe hay and cocoa would be the best I could do. And I'm, re- I'm reaching, but, you know, that's what you do. You're trying to ex- explain to somebody what you're tasting. I'm doing the best I can do. I get... So. Okay, so this might be hard to hard to quantify, but I'm getting a note that I get when I drink this certain vanilla chamomile tea. And I don't know... It doesn't necessarily taste like vanilla. It's just that taste that I get from this vanilla chamomile tea. I don't know. That's what I'm getting. I don't, I don't know what it is. <clears throat> And is that the sweetness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. I can't put my handle on this. I can't put my finger on the sweetness. Yeah. But it's a it's a good sweetness. Yeah, it's tasty. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we've had fun. We've gone a lot of different directions. Let's say we got about five minutes or so before we wrap up. Um, we didn't touch too. We we kind of got off of the the justices a little bit. I wanted to. I wanted to make a comment and then talk, get your comment, but kind of in the last five minutes dialogue a little bit about the fact that it's interesting to me. Now, now obviously I'm biased. I listen to a lot of conservative stuff. I 
you know, that's just because that's where I live. Um, but it seems like uh, liberals, and I, and I choose liberals, Democrats, not leftists necessarily, but Democrats, want to put in a justice that will push their agenda. Mm-hmm. And it seems like conservatives want to put in a justice that says, that goes back and says, this is the Constitution, whether I like it or not. And I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, and the the Democrats accuse the conservatives of, oh, you just want to put in a conservative justice. No, we want to put in a justice that looks at the document and says this is what's right according to the document. That I heard somebody speaking about that the other day, and he was using the term revolutionaries. He said leftists are revolutionaries. They're trying to revolutionize every the system, the government. They, they want a revolution. And... They are. They will do anything to do, to revolutionize it. They want to see a revolution, and and I think you're exactly right. They they continue to point at conservatives and say you're doing this, but then they just they're doing this, doing the same thing and doing it worse. And that doesn't justify it on the conservative side. Right. I think you're absolutely correct. I don't know of any conservative justice. That is just gonna do the agenda down the line. It's yeah. they they read the Constitution, and that's I mean, but see that's the thing that is the right's agenda is the Constitution. Yeah. Get back to the Constitution. Yeah. yeah, and that's seen as some great evil to some people. I guess it, it is, and it's and it's interesting. I would concede that there are some people, friends of mine, who are, who are Democrats, that I I do believe that they think what they're doing is morally right, and. They don't have the respect for the Constitution that I do. They would say, "Well, if you have to fudge the Constitution a little, fudge it, because this is this is morally the right thing to yeah. do. We have to take care of the poor. Pe- we have to take care of people that don't have health care and give them health care." Well, okay, I agree. We need to, you know, we should help poor people. We should, um, you know, if people want health care, they should have it. If they don't want health care, they shouldn't be forced to have it, which they wouldn't agree with right away. But I'm like, the Constitution, you know, would take care of that. Just. Leave it alone. The best way to get a... Well, you know. I heard an amazing comment by Dinesh D'Souza this week. And by the way, Dinesh D'Souza is, I think, one of the top minds right now in, the, in America. He is brilliant. Have you, have you seen some of his work? Or um, not for all? a while, but I, a oh year ago gosh. I was really into it. The him. guy is amazing. Yeah. Okay, okay so now I'm, gonna, I'm going to use his phrase in terms of health care, but it was, the question was posed to him in terms of abortion which they, they kind of overlap a little bit. Okay. So he was at a college campus and doing some kind of question and answer for him, and, he, and a young woman comes up and says, okay, you're talking about all these rights, and you, and you want to protect the rights, you know, rights of free speech, Second Amendment and everything. And she framed it like this. She said, what about the rights of women's reproductive rights? Why aren't you protecting those? And he says, and, he was, and she was talking about abortion, and she, she named abortion in her question. That's what she was asking about women's right to abortions. And Dinesh D'Souza said, you know, okay, he says, like, we keep making this conversation about women's rights and the right to abortion. He says, we could argue about whether that whether or not that's a right. He says, I don't think it is, but, like, because it's not listed in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But he says, let's just, for the sake of argument, let's pretend that it's right in there in the Bill of Rights, women's right to abortion. He says, where do you get the idea that the government should pay for this? He says, if you want to use your free speech and, and, and run a newspaper, the government's not going to give you money to start a newspaper. It's not going to give you a, a, a position in a newspaper. He said, if you want to go protest, you have to do it on your own time. If you want a gun, you have to go buy it with your own money. He said, what magically <laughs> sets this apart, even if it, even if it was a right, mm-hmm. what sets it apart to where the government should have to pay for it for you? This, it's... It's a really good argument. I think he's a genius. I, yeah, I really I, like that. Guy. I hadn't thought. Of, I I should listen to him some more. I've I I love my daily, my weekly routine. Sure. I get up. I listen to this podcast. I listen to maybe this secondary podcast occasionally, and and uh, I live my life. I smoke a cigar and shoot the breeze with yeah, you, and so so that's good. But I do sometimes needs to step out a little bit. And uh, the nice thing about D'Souza is he does more of he has prepackaged products. Like he'll do films or yeah. books that are. Consumables that they're not, they're not an ongoing thing. Yeah. You can just step out and watch a film or read a book. Or yeah, it's kind of yeah. nice to get some of his input uh, that way. And and that is, that is that is a great thing to say that someone, you know, 
why should the government, which means why should someone else pay for pay for your abortion? And and the thing is, or healthcare, yeah, or healthcare. And the thing is, if just the government was out of it, okay, you there, go do what you want, go get your abortion if you want it. And you know the rhetoric is crazy. And let's let's kind of let's kind of wrap on this. You know the fact that you know people are saying, oh my gosh, you know they're going to overturn Roe versus. You know, Roe that Wade. immediately went to the center of the talk. Did, did you notice that? Yeah, and it's just as crazy. It's like, but that doesn't mean that abortion is is illegal. It just means the states have the option, which is what the Constitution says they should have yeah. the option. Anyway, so I'm sure we're we're over the hour mark. So um, uh, if I'm smart enough to do this, I'll I'll get back. We are we are over an hour, so. You know, it sounds like we were bored because we haven't said a lot about the cigar, but it's just it's just been, a quiet companion. It is, and I that's a that's a very good way to be positive about this cigar. It's pleasant. It's got enough sweetness that I'm interested um, in maybe smoking it again. Um, flavors are nice. It just sat in the background the whole time. It it. Sometimes I like cigars that distract me from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, this one didn't, um, and I enjoy it. And I'm I'm at the halfway mark now. You're a little further, yeah. so this well, mine's, is mine's beginning to change flavors now. Is it? It's getting close enough to the end that it's so. But it's still it's good. It's getting a little. It's just getting that end of cigar taste. All right. Well, um, that's a wrap. Uh, that for Doug and Joe Talk Thanks for listening. Um, you know, if you have a question, comment, you disagree or agree, say something and let us know. Love to hear from you. Alrighty. Till next time. See ya. Now, I gotta push the right buttons and before I finish the cigar, <clears throat> I gotta get back here and stop it. Stop.